welcome in to the latest Long Shot Podcast. I am your host, Mark. Uh, this is a podcast brought to you by Bring Back the Buzz. It's uh, it's NBA season, folks. It is here. It is the games mean something. Uh, I'm so glad it's back. Um, a little background. Uh, I recently lost my mom this week. Um, she passed away. And I just wanted to say to start this out, I truly appreciate um, all the thoughts and prayers and messages from followers on Twitter. Um, it, it, it was really cool. A bad situation, but it was very cool to see that there is still a lot of empathy and still a lot of caring in the world from just people that literally are argue basketball with. So I, I just wanted to say thank you. You helped me through a hard time, and I'm glad to be able to call you friends that are that we literally just complain about why Terry Rozier's contract sucks. Like, so that's really cool to see that, and I wanted to take a minute just to thank everybody. Um, but I am very glad that basketball season is back. Uh, it means so much to me at this time of year because, like, I get I coach soccer, and we're we're coming to the end of soccer. So we're tailing out soccer and we're going into the NBA season. The weather starts to get crappy, so I, the, I don't feel bad about sitting in front of the TV so much. Um, so I'm very excited. We saw our first game. We saw the Hornets win, which we're going to delve into that a little bit more here soon. Um, but I just... Uh, the, the, the energy that comes from the NBA season... It's something that has always been fascinating to me. Um, it's like it, it, you start to feel it go, and it took a little while for it to get there for me because of all the stuff that was going on and, and just like just the stuff that was going on with the team and not being excited. But, man, the first game, when that thing tipped off, it, it was, it was a, a welcome addition to, the, to my life. So uh, let's, let's talk about what we think what we think we saw um, in the first game, what I think I saw was some really good stuff. I mean, PJ was lights out. And it. I, what I really took from his performance was not so much the numbers and things like that, because shots are going to fall, shots aren't going to fall. Like, he was just unconscious. But the fact that he had, as a rookie in his first start, he had no fear, Right. He, he was lining those balls up and shooting. And that is something that we haven't seen in Charlotte in a long time. And not that Miles wasn't confident as a rookie. Or, I mean, we know Malik would love to shoot more. But he had a different kind of swagger when he got on that court that I did not expect. Um, you never know. You know, he played well in, in uh, preseason, but... Uh, under the lights and and that big time you know energy and stuff like that it, it, it's good to see a guy just feed off of it and break out um and break records i mean who would have thought that uh i liked what Devonte was another one you can see Devonte is shooting that shot shooting that three ball with confidence which was he's always been a good shooter like all through college he was a good shooter last year he just didn't have the confidence he wasn't letting it go and and 
feeling like he felt like it was going to go in. That was different last night. You could see, once he saw that first one go down, his confidence was there. Um, and he also, I, 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 everyone knows I'm a big Devontae Graham proponent, and I'm not a huge Terry Rozier fan. Um, I don't think he fits with the team very well. And it showed last night. It shows that I don't think Terry is a point guard that meshes well with the guys that we have. Terry meshes well, much better with like veterans. With the young guys, he seems like he, he just doesn't seem to vibe with them. And maybe it's because he hasn't been around them. And veterans are a lot easier to get used to because they have the same patterns. You know, the young guys, they might make one cut one day or one, you know, play, and then cut a little different the next play, where veterans, it's a, easy, it's a lot easier to guess where they're going to be. Um, I, I'm, I'm a little concerned with Rozier um, because we all know the issues he had in Boston with losing time to um, Kyrie. And literally his first start as a Hornet, he does not close the game. That, I mean, I, I don't know anything, but I, at, from my point of view, that had to bother him. Like, you guys sold me on, I'm the man, we need you to be a leader, we need you to... And literally the first game where he's not performing, he gets yanked and Devontae Graham closes the game. And granted, Devontae was unconscious, but it wasn't just the shooting that Devontae was bringing. He was moving the ball well. He was getting guys... He was passing guys open. Uh, a couple of those little little uh, drop passes that he had to uh, Cody, I mean, those were those are a 9 out of 10 on passes. They're not flashy. They're not going to get you on the highlight. But if you know basketball, you know how hard it is to drop that ball in like that and to get that ball to kick up to a big man to where he can get it and finish without bobbling it. Some of those passes, those are like the, if if they're the, they're one of the things that you don't see very often because they're difficult, not because it's not used. It's because that's a difficult pass. You got so many hands in there, so many knees, guys moving. So to be able to drop that pass in there and have that pop up to Cody, who Cody is a good finisher and he's a good, like he's got better than average hands on passes like that. But to get that pass done is tough. And to see him do it twice that, that impressed me more than the shooting. Because the shooting, again, same thing with PJ. The shooting is going to come and go with this team. It's those little fundamental things that you see them doing well. Those are going to be things that can be replicated over and over and will help the offense stay consistent. My problem with Rozier is he doesn't have those things. He had a lot of turnovers and turnovers that were a lot like trying to make something happen. It was turnovers where they were like, I don't know what to do right now. That is unnerving for someone that we're paying $20 million to see this early in the season. And it wasn't like it was a miscommunication with another player. It was he jumped up in the air and had nowhere to go and just tried to bail himself out. Um, Cody looked really good. Now he, we find out he's out tonight. This is, of course, Friday that I'm recording this. He's out tonight for personal reasons. Hopefully it's nothing major because Cody may be the MVP of this team. 
Cody is a he's not flashy. He's not, you know, he's not gonna be in, do anything that's gonna really wow you, although he did have some really strong dunks in the last game. He just knows where to be, and he seems to be able to help the offense and the defense kind of be in the right spot where sometimes if he's not on the court, you see more confusion when he's not on the court. Uh, what else? Who else looked good? Um, Dwayne Bacon had a rough start, but he started to get it going as the, as the game went on. Um, same with Miles. Miles had a couple really good plays. His help defense is something that is that has improved. His ability to get back and help out on defense and be able to get up and block shots or alter shots is something that he doesn't get a lot of credit for because his defense overall is not great. But if you're going to be a, an average defender, if you can do one or two things like you know be a great help defender or be able to alter shots, those things will will raise that raise that floor of your defensive output, which is what this team needs to do. This team needs guys who can do a couple things well on defense. You don't have to be a lockdown defender, but if you have guys with varying talents to play good defense in certain you know positions, whether it's on ball defense or help defense, that's how you can that's how you give Borrego the opportunity to create a scheme that uses guys in the right in the right way. Um Monk had some flashes of good, but his defense is just so bad. I mean, Chris Dunn, the moment the moment Monk came on the floor, the first time Chris Dunn got the ball, he blew right by him, drew a foul, and got an N1. Like, 10 seconds after him coming in. People are hunting Monk on the court, especially uh, guards with a little lateral quickness. You can see guys are looking to attack him. So once that tape is out, once that film is out, and once you have that reputation, he is going to have his work cut out for him because you can't hide that guy if everyone hunts him. Um, And on this team, we don't have enough. Like, we're playing a lot of little lineups. And by little, I mean, like, there was a time when there was three dudes under 6'3 playing. That's a very small lineup. So... No matter who Monk is guarding, there's a good chance it's going to be a mismatch, you know, in, in the opposite team's favor, because either the guy's going to be bigger and stronger than Monk, or he's going to be quicker than Monk, you know, laterally, and, and they're going to go to it. It's going to be interesting to watch that tonight. I'm going to pay attention to the, There's a couple things I want to pay attention to tonight to see if it was fluky or if teams are actually going after him, because this Minnesota team is... They have a lot of guards that are not well-known, but guys that can, you know, break you down. They might not be the best finisher or something like that, but they're guys that can, that can move in quick bursts, and that's what seems to... Monk seems to lack the ability to anticipate a guy's step. Like, against Chris Dunn, he's right-handed. He goes predominantly right. He didn't shade him to his right hand. So he was able to just blow right by him. It's stuff like it's the little things with Monk on defense that, you know, you're not. And again, I don't expect him to be a lockdown defender or somebody that's going to go out there and you know lock somebody up. But if you are a, a a less than stellar defender, there are little things you can do to help yourself in, in positioning and having you know being able to anticipate things like that will will 
it's basically like give you a little cheater to be able to to understand and that's why film study is so important and that's if you're a, a an average defender lots of film study and knowing who your opponent is and knowing their tendencies can take you from being a below average defender to being an average defender just by knowing which way they're going um because i talked about this on twitter it was fun the game was fun it was a win um which we might not have a lot of those so i'm not one to downplay a win but we also have to be realistic as fans. And the, real, the reality is, is the Hornets broke a freaking record for most threes in a game in their franchise history. And they won by one point at home against a meh Bulls team. Like, their defense is not good. And we know that they're not going to shoot like that every night. The one thing that you can bring to your game and know it's going to be there for you is defense. Shots are going to bounce out. You're going to have cold nights. You're not going to have a good touch. But you should always be able to bring the defense. Defense travels, right? Defense goes on the road. De- you know, those are the kinds of things that you hear them and it's kind of a joke now because defense is not focused on as much as it used to be. But the reality is, is with a young team, if you don't play defense, you're going to have bad shooting nights and you're going to look terrible. And like tonight it's going to be scary because they're, you know, without having Cody, uh, who's going to guard cat. And if you, they're saying probably Marvin, which is great, but Marvin did a great job on the second team in the first game of helping. If we have to bring, if we lose Cody and Marvin goes to starter and we have to either put in Willie or one of the, the other bench bigs that we have that are not very good, that's going to make us worse. So what are they going to do to compensate for that? That's my concern. Uh, we've seen a lot of the... the the the, the Borrego needs to come up with a plan. Um, and maybe he's working on that, but it, it seems like we're hearing a lot of talk about defense and how defense is going to be important, but we're not seeing it on the court and we haven't seen it through preseason. And I thought we would probably see it step up a little bit because, you know, some you shorten your rotation. So some of the guys that are on the bottom of the bench aren't going to be playing. So maybe that'll tighten up the defense, but it actually looked like it had the adverse effect. Guys like uh, Caleb Martin and guys like that, that did not play an MKG those are your solid or more strong defenders. So it's going to be interesting to see how Borrego talks the talk because he talked about how important defense was. It's going to be interesting to see if he, he backs that up and he starts pulling in these guys that might be a little bit more physical defenders and might be able to get up on guys and, and help keep, keep them from getting open shots. Um, the... the, the real goal of this season is simple. It's we got to know what we got. And it looks like we got a good one in PJ. Um, I still like Bridges game. I still really like his athleticism. He needs something. He needs one more skill. That's he needs one more skill to open him up to being a better player. He's got the ability to finish. He's got the athleticism. He either needs a better outside jumper 
or better handles. If he can get either one of those two things working for him, it will open up the floor for him because he'll be able to break guys down off the dribble or be able to, you know, make people guard him on the on the uh, outside, and that'll open it up inside for him. And apparently we're going to have a monsoon now. Washington weather, you got to love it. Um, so I'm going to take a quick break, and we will come back, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit a little bit about like kind of the fan vibe of what's going on because I've had some weird interactions in the last week and I kind of don't get it. So I'm going to put this out there and maybe somebody can explain it to me. So I will be right back after these non-messages because I don't have any sponsors. back we are back here in the man cave located in lovely seattle washington where it's currently monsooning um the next topic i want to talk about is um we know there was a lot of tension in the hornets fan base the last off season people who wanted to tank people who didn't want to tank people who wanted kemba back people who didn't want kemba back a lot of these issues were, were dividing the fan base and then it kind of seemed like everybody kind of got on board together a little bit because we knew the team was going to be crappy and we just decided that this is what we were going to be dealing with so it seemed like we kind of healed that somewhat it took one game it took one goddamn game and everybody was already like back at each other um uh, I, I said something, all I said was, I was talking about the defense and saying, hey, you know, the win was great, but we're going to have to, you know, the team needs to get better on defense and things like that. And a lot of people got mad and were like, well, we know this team's going to suck, so just enjoy it. Just enjoy the win. And it's like, well, that's not, I don't know how to do that as a fan. And I don't know how to do that as somebody who talks about the team or who writes off, writes about the team. I don't know how to just be like, well... Shucky darn, that was a good win. And ignore, with blinders, all the bad crap that happens. Like, that's not how you... Like, just because the team is supposed to not win a lot doesn't mean we ignore the fact that things are going wrong or that people aren't playing well. Um, you can win and still learn. Uh, as a player, you can win and still learn. You can still look at the tape and understand you got to be here, this is a bad rotation, things like that. This belief that, as fans, we shouldn't be able to honest, have an honest discussion about like what things went right and what things went wrong, that's to me, that's crazy. Because I, and I know a lot of you are like me and go, it's, we're being realistic. Like, if we don't start to break down and learn what these guys can do, we are going to be, uh, quote unquote, rebuilding forever. Like... That's the thing, is we have to see improvement. And if you don't start to see improvement, then we have to decide whether the coach is right, or we have to decide whether we're getting the right players. This is why you watch the whole season. Why else would we, like, you enjoy it, but we also know that you, we need to get better. So I saw a lot of that. I got, I got a couple people took shots that saying that I was too negative. And I'm like, I said... The win was good, but let's not ignore the fact that our defense wasn't very good. And let's not ignore, like, 
how else are we supposed to judge these guys? How else are we supposed to judge the coach? Because I hate to break it to you folks, but Borrego has got a tall task in front of him. And as of yet, he has not proven anything to me. He does a lot of this wishy-washy crap where he acts like he's not sure who's going to start, even though everybody in the frickin' fan base knows who's going to start. You know, it's like he's playing games, and I don't know if that's the right thing to do with young players. Um, you know, no one, no one, everyone knew Miles was going to start. Everyone knew Bacon was going to start, and everybody believed that PJ deserved to start. So why put out some information and say something in a quote that you're not sh- sure who's going to start. Do you think that's going to, uh, you know, breed uh, com- or, uh, 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 competition? Because it's not. You're just, you look like an idiot. And then guys lose faith in you as a coach. If you're like, well, I'm not sure. You know, P.J. Washington's like, you're not sure? I was the best player all preseason. And you're not sure I should start? That's not doing anything to endear you to your players. You know, and then you have guys that we know what MKG is. We know what Willie is. We know that these and these guys aren't playing. So why are you saying things like we don't know who's going to start? We're going. It's a, it's a rebuild. We're going with the young guys. Like that's what you got to do. And I'm curious to see how tonight. I'm very curious to see how Terry Rozier bounces back from that performance like he had a he had a crappy game it happens it's not the end of the world but I don't know if he's prepared you know he's going to get start to get if he feels footsteps behind him if Devontae keeps playing well I don't know if that's going to motivate him or piss him off because we just gave him the planet we literally were talking about him playing the coaching staff and front office was talking about him playing 34 minutes a game. And last night, he played like 26. Like, these are the things that you, you they, he doesn't stay consistent. If you're going to say everything's a, I mean, I'm a Seahawks fan. Everything we hear from Pete Carroll is compete every day. Nothing's set in stone. It doesn't matter who you are. But it's his consistent message. That's what he always says. Borrego seems to be trying to do something like that. But then we'll make comments about, you know, before preseason, he's saying things like Rozier's going to play 34 minutes. And you can't have it both ways. Either you have to let guys know, hey, everything's on the table. This is what we're up against. Or you have to say, you know, we're going with our guys. I have confidence in PJ. I have confidence. You have to pick one. You have to be one or the other. You can't be both. Because if you're both, then you're neither. And that doesn't work. You have to have a um, a plan, and you have to stick to it so that your players know the plan as well. We used to make fun of uh, Steve Clifford for being almost the opposite of that because he would stick to his plan so hard that he wouldn't adjust. Well, but at least he was one way. He didn't then one day just go, yeah, I'm just going to roll the dice and see who gets to start. Like, that wasn't him because that was his way of doing things. Borrego's still finding that out. But the further into this process we go, he's going to have to pick one way or the other. He's like torn between being a hard ass and a player's coach. And you, players don't respond well to that. You have to be one. You have to let the guys know what to expect every day from you. 
That's one of the biggest things as a coach. It's one of the biggest things as a supervisor or manager in your job. If you are one of these people that are up and down and side to side and people don't know what to expect, it makes it harder for them to work for you. And if it makes it harder for them to work for you, it makes it harder for the manager or the supervisor to get the best out of them. This is the same thing that happens in basketball, all sports. Coaches need to be consistent in order to get the best from their players. And that is what I want to start to see from Borrego is a consistent vision on what he wants and a consistent personality on how he's going to get there. Um, and I know it's early in the season and things like that, but these are things that it's, this is the most important time for him to set that precedent. It's not like everything else in sports where it's like, well, it's early in the season, we'll figure it out. That's not how it works from a coaching standpoint. Early in the season is when you set everything up so that you are consistent all the way through. So that's another thing I'm going to be very curious to see is, is how long Borrego tries to play both sides because it shouldn't be much longer if he's going to continue as, the, as a coach and be a successful coach in the NBA. Um, Nick Batum out, broken finger. Okay. I don't really have a whole lot to say on that. He played 11 minutes and didn't take a shot in the first game. So, uh, honestly, I mean, it, it is what it is. Injuries are going to get guys. It might be a good thing that it's early in the season. It's bad for the ability to any, any way of, of trading him, but it, it might be a good thing because now we might get to see Caleb Martin. We might get to see Cody Martin. We might get to see some of these younger guys. It might be a situation where the the younger guys are now forced into playing and Borrego's hands are tied. So the fans get what they want one way or the other. Uh, the last thing I want to talk about is expectations for this season. Um, we all, you know, it's all over. Are they going to win 20 games? Are they going to win 24 games? I've even seen people are like, they're a playoff team. Um, the expectations for this team, for me, are not games won or games lost. It is marked improvement on both sides of the floor for players. Um, that can be done winning 22 games. That can be done winning 28 games. That doesn't really matter. Um, honestly, I want to get a good draft pick. That's my number one thing at this point. If we're, if we're not going to be in the playoffs or even sniff in the playoffs, then I would like to see us get a top three pick um, and not, not end up with like the seventh pick because we go on a winning streak at the end of the year and it's you know empty numbers type deal. But as long as the team shows some sort of progression and some sort of improvement on both sides of the floor, that's all I'm looking for. That's all I want to see is growth and unity and playing together. Um, it is really cool to watch them play with, especially with Devontae on the court, and it was mostly the young guys, and I think Marvin was the, the other guy that was in there, in the way that they were whipping that ball around. That was really cool to see, because that's not something we've seen in the past, because we had a ball-dominant point guard um, who was the best scorer on the team. So now it's kind of cool to see them playing a different style. I am a little concerned with the amount of turnovers, <laughs> uh, but that's something that can be tightened up. It, that could have been a little bit of first game jitters, things like that. Like we, we can 
it's not an issue until it's an issue. It was a one-game sample. Let's see how they do tonight. If they get those turnovers down, and they're never going to be back down to where they were when Kemba was a point guard because um, that was one of Kemba's strengths was not turning the ball over, and it was also the way they ran their offense. So they're going to be more turnovers than last year, um, but let's just hope that it's not not a, such a, a rise that it starts becoming a true problem and they be, start we start to see guys get into bad habits. So that is it for me. Um, hopefully everything will settle down in my life and I'll be able to do this a little bit more consistently. Um, I'm looking forward to the season again. Uh, I appreciate everybody who follows and listens and sends me questions and chats. I always, if you want to follow along the game with me, usually I tweet if I'm in a situation where I'm able to do that. Usually I tweet along and, you know, we talk about it, have a little discussion group, talk our way through it, you know. So until tonight, until we talk again, uh, everybody stay safe, have fun, and let's go Hornets.